One, two, three. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, Lord, blessing us to be here this morning. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would come forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Clap for the Lord. Amen. All right, look at your neighbor and say, get your Bible out. All right, so, you know, we man, we got business to tend to, man. I'm telling you, we got business to tend to. And so I'm going to preach this word this morning entitled, You Are Worthy. You Are Worthy. By faith, just look at your neighbor and say, I am worthy. Okay, and you don't even know what I'm going to preach, but look at them and say, I'm, I'm worthy of all of this. All right, all right. Okay. All right. So worthy. What is that? Worthy is when you're talking about a person, it's it's a person of eminent worth, merit or position. And so your worth is of great value and you have, uh, you know, a, a great position that God has put you in. And so now we've got to be those people that are willing to accept that because, for so many people, they just have trouble shaking the black cloud. You know what I mean? This, it's a life experience or it's the things that you've come out of or, you know, uh, things that maybe have happened to you in the past and, and all this type of stuff. Uh, I'm not saying that you, ha- you have had a perfect past, but I'm telling you, you can have a perfect future. Amen. You can have a future that is designed by God and that is a victorious future and not a roller coaster roller coaster amen and so but you've got to be one that believes that and be willing to let god uh transform the way you see yourself so self-image determines self-expectation and so people that don't don't think highly of themselves don't expect themselves to do great things amen come on if they don't think highly of themselves they don't expect anything great of themselves and so self-image determines self-expectation. Now go to Revelation, Revelation 5. Let's go over there and we'll start there today. Revelation 5, we'll get into this and let God transform us through the power of the word. So Revelation 5, uh, and they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Okay, so let me give you some understanding of what is being spoken here. And so he says that he was slain, right? But he says he has redeemed us. Look at your name and say, I've been redeemed. Okay, so redeemed means purchased back. You've been purchased back to your original condition. And so you were put in the earth to dominate. And so he says that out of 
every kindred and nation. Amen. That's why the church is multicultural, because everybody is included in this. Everybody that wants it. Amen. He's going to pull them up out of all different cultures, but he pulls them in to this new way of living and see we are redeemed. So that means we're purchased back. So this is not anything new. It's just new to us. And so if a lot of people did not know that we had the most power ever known to mankind. A lot of people didn't know that Adam walked around and Adam was not afraid of lions or anything. Adam can tell a lion to sit and he had to sit there and just look at him. Amen. But but they didn't know that. See, and then so when we look at what uh, the word is telling us in, in Revelation, this is we are redeemed. And so we're redeemed by the sacrifice of Jesus. But he had and then next I want to look at this verse 10 and has made us. So what does it mean when you're made something? Is what you are, because that's how you were made, right? You you were made just like we were made in the image of God, stuff like that. And so he has made us unto our God, what? Not just children. See, he didn't make us unto our God, just children. How I many know that ain't enough? He has made us unto our God, kings and priests, because it doesn't say he made us children and we shall reign on the earth. You can't reign on the earth if you just see yourself as a child. Oh, come on, somebody. You can't reign and dominate on the earth if you see I'm just God's child. Oh, that's all you are? Amen. Then, and then you see yourself as just God's child, and the devil going to see you that too. See you that way too, and he's not going to respect you. But he says, he has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we, what, might? What shall mean? Rain on the earth. What's, what's that? Rain? We shall rain on the earth. And so kings, I preached that series kings and priests years ago, but kings, that has to do with wealth. I'm going to tell you right now, all of you got an anointing on you to get wealth. Amen. Come on, somebody. To, oh, I'm just under the anointing. I said all of you. That means if you believe in Jesus. Oh, no, no, Pastor. I thought that was just if I go to like a, a, a prosperity uh, church or something like that. No, no. If you belong to Jesus. And so this is what this is saying. And he has made us unto our God kings and priests. And so you all have the power to get wealth. Amen. Real quick diversion. Go to Deuteronomy 8.18. Deuteronomy 8.18. I want you guys making notations, man, do whatever you got to do to remember this stuff because it's to get you to a place. And we're going to come back to this Revelation 5. But go to Deuteronomy 8.18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee what? Y'all in here with me. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. And so you got to remember, it's God that gives me power to get wealth. Now we go back to Revelation 5 and we see I've been made a king. And so that king has to do with wealth. So I have the ability within myself to attract wealth. Not only attract it, but I can manage it. Oh, come on. I mean, oh, you, you can't be scared of money. It's just money. Come on. You ever had, some, uh, you know, 
You ever have some money just whatever, this in your house or maybe at the drawer or something or, you know, where you just got extra money laying around? And that has that money ever jumped up and started talking to you and had a conversation or anything like that? It's just money. It don't do nothing. If you don't pick it up, it's just going to stay there. But it's a tool, right? And so you have no fear. And so to God, you know, $10 is the same as 100000 It don't mean nothing to him. You see what I'm saying? But if you say, you know what, I'm going to receive revelation of this. Now, uh, we all have this. And then now as God gets to breaking it down as he's done, the, you know, you'd have to listen to that whole series, the kings and priests, to know about what he's done with the roles in the church, you know. As a pastor, I step into that priestly anointing. Well, that priestly anointing, that's where the revelation is. And so that's to teach you all and help you. But even us all as Christians can operate in both. Because how many know you got to have revelation of the word at your house? Come on. You got to have revelation of the word. You got to be able to speak the word over your family. Come on, at your own house. You got to be able to understand what the word says. You got to be able to go to God with scripture and get revelation. Well, that's a priestly anointing. You see what I'm saying? Because you got to be able to get the revelation and get it to where you got it enough to be able to share it with someone else. Because if all you do is get it for yourself, Come on. That's why you got to be able to share with your family. You share with your friends or whatever. You got to get it. And so that's the priestly anointing kicking in. And so because of the sacrifice of Jesus, he has made us unto our God, kings and priests. And because of that. Y'all in here with me. So you can't reign just because you go to church. That's why we hear more Christians speaking death. More Christians speaking doom and gloom. More Christians speaking stuff that God didn't speak. Because you got to get what this word is saying. And we shall reign on earth. So he has made us unto uh, our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So if I'm reigning, how many know you can't reign and bow? Oh, come on. I'm trying to help you with simplicity. You cannot reign and bow. Even in the movie, have you ever seen the king bow to the knight? Have you ever seen the king even get up off the seat? But everybody that comes before the king is bowing because they're in a lesser position. And so if we understand what God has done for us, we've been made kings and priests so shall so we shall reign on the earth and so we don't bow we don't bow to storms what if it started pouring down and god said get out there and start talking what would you do it what if god said get out there and start speaking because right now i've i got a release and there's an anointing falling from heaven and oh come on somebody that there's the raindrops is going to hit you and all of a sudden you're going to get that increase that anointing for wealth oh come on you're going to get saturated and god will use that as a demonstration and you get out there in, in that rain and start speaking in tongues and start thanking god for releasing the heavenly increase you don't know what god will do rain is a sign of prosperity coming Man, y'all in here with me. Amen. The prophet told King Ahab, get ready. So I could hear the sound of rain. Yeah. Praise God. 
See, that sound of rain was letting them know that the drought's about to be over. Ooh, come on, somebody. The drought's about to be over. See how you could change things around? See how you could start to see it as, oh, this is beautiful. That's a lot different than, let me go to Costco and brace myself. Brace myself for what? What am I braced for? See, I don't have to be afraid of nothing. See, that's a different way. You know, you could say, I'm prepared to prosper. God is elevating me. Oh, he could be getting ready to wash some things away. Come on. He could be ready to just wash some things away. Maybe there needs to be some mindsets washed away. Maybe there needs to be some attitudes washed away. Maybe there needs to be some low expectations washed away. You see what I'm saying? So I don't have to be afraid of nothing. Like rain in and of itself is good. I'm just saying it ain't going to be like damaging none of my stuff. You know what I'm saying? It ain't about to be all that. Because I'm too anointed. Ah, there you go. I I don't know, brother. I mean, you just never know. No, you never know. You never know. That's why you keep going up and down. I stay up because I know. Amen. We can't be wavering, man. Believe it. Don't ever brace yourself for something that God didn't tell you. That you you, and now God told you, hey, look here. I just want you to know you in trouble. Ooh. Then now you need to. Okay, Lord, let me help me. What I uh, let me repent. Help me, Lord, or something. But if God didn't come to you telling you you're in trouble, you ain't in trouble. Amen. So you don't have to worry about it. And so we don't bow to storms. We don't bow to regimes. Y'all in here with me? You know, people are bound to regimes and they think about, oh, man, the guy in North Korea got all the power or the guy, the, the people in China got the power or uh, the, whatever. Over here, they got the power. Oh, man, it's American government. How many know at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. And so it does not matter if I step foot in Afghanistan. Come on. I can't be touched because the blood is covering my life. Oh, pastor, I believe that too. No, you don't. Cause you wouldn't have been talking about this hurricane, whatever. Tell me, I believe it. I, I'm ready to step in front of you and ready to step in nothing. First, you got to get out of the line with all the other people and then get in this book and start speaking some bold faith. And start decreeing and establishing some stuff in your life. Amen. Amen. And you got to have this uh, unrelenting way. You know, people could call you crazy. You know, they try to call. They try to say we were endangering people when COVID was going on. They tried to tell us we are in. You guys are endangering people. You don't care about people's lives. You know, you open up the church and, you know, you're putting people in harm's way. Really? (laughs) But what was Stater Brothers doing? I was just curious. There was more people in Stater Brothers than was at church. And then Costco was a whole nother level. Oh, no. But see, we are practicing social distance. There is no social distancing in Costco, just so you know. 
Uh, people have been in corners. They're like, eh, excuse me, man. I need that. You see what I'm saying? But it's the very thing you need that the enemy tries to turn you against. See, what you need is the word. And you need to be able to stand on it. And you need to be able to have enough confidence to say, I don't bow to storms. I don't bow to regimes. Come on, somebody. I don't bow to money. Don't ever let the devil make you bow to some money. Well, you're talking about, oh, man, I don't know what to do. You always know what to do. You got a direct line to King Jesus. You have the ability to speak and prophesy and call something that is not as though it were. Come on, man. I told y'all so many times that story of Evie Hill's mom. Y'all remember that story? This stuff is amazing. Evie Hill's mom supposed to be poor. Supposed to be poor, but she refused to take anybody's advice. They asked her, you need some, uh, Mrs. Hill? And, and Evie Hill be like, and she, his mom every time, no, we good. And he'd be like, man, we ain't good. We ain't got nothing in that cabinet. Evie Hill was like, man, my mom need to receive something because we ain't got nothing. But to her, there was never a deficit. And so she'd take them kids and get them to sit down at that table and pray, get that table all set. How I many know oh, that's, that's, a, that's either faith or just strange. Uh, or maybe it's some strange faith. That's maybe what we need. Were you willing to do something that don't make no sense to nobody else? Because she set her kids down and said, now let's, we're going to make, set the table. Now let's pray over this meal. You know that them kids is like, meal? We're going to pray over what meal? Amen. And every time they pray, as soon as they said thank you to Jesus, bam, somebody bangs on the door. They go out and there's a box of prepared food. I'm talking about cooked, roast, potatoes, everything already. What is that? Is that real or is that, you know, some make-believe type stuff? You see what I'm saying? But we got to be there because some people say they have faith, but they're not taking any steps that show that they do have faith. See, your, 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 your faith is known by the steps that you take. And so if you take steps in a direction, you got to have, if it's faith, you can't be speaking against it. You can't be doing stuff contrary. You got to stick with it. And so this is a power that we have. So don't let money be uh, anything that causes you to bow. And your money don't come from your job. It flows from the kingdom. So if the kingdom is bankrupt, then you got something to worry about. But if the kingdom ain't bankrupt, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Amen. You can stand on that word, man. You stand on that word. And every time God will come through, God will come through for you. But sometimes you got to be pushed out there on the water. And so that what you really believe can be put to the forefront. And so I, tr- I trust you, Lord. I, I, I'm going to honor you. I, I, I trust you in this situation. And every time God will come through. And so we don't bow to anything. Money, economic systems. I don't want you guys getting stressed out about all this stuff. Like, oh man, are we going to go on to bitcoins? Are we going to go on to this and to that? Or, no, no, no. Don't get stressed out about that. 
Whatever the currency is, you will have plenty of it. Oh, y'all, y'all didn't hear me. Y'all didn't hear me. Whatever the currency is, you will have plenty of it. Why? Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. They cannot speak against the word. Amen. You know what he also says in that Psalm, I think it's Psalm 37, 19 and verse 25, it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. But I think verse 19 says, and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. How are you going to be satisfied in this of famine? Satisfied is not, oh, you know, we all, all five of us shared a taco. Uh Uh-uh. All five of us had five tacos each. If that's what we wanted. But do God's people believe that? Huh? Now, let me, oh man, I just, I'll be getting under this anointing. Because see, I'm, I'm one of those pastors that has, I don't want to call it a burden, I will call it a mandate. The mandate is show people how this works. Amen. See, some people have a mandate to hype the people up, get them excited to where they could just believe anything. And they could believe enough to where they'd be ready to run up a mountain. But I'm anointed to let you know you got to change your shoes before you run up that mountain. Come on, somebody. I have the anointing to where, uh, you know what, you got to have some practical things because you can get so excited. Oh, I'm, I'm ready to do it, Pastor. I'm about to dive in there, man. Do you know how to swim? Have you learned anything about swimming? No? Okay, we need to teach you that first. Come on, somebody, before you just... And see, people get all hyped up and they get ready to do something bold and they'll think it's God. And they'll be like, I feel this. This is amazing. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to empty my pockets and give it all in Jesus name. I'm going to be rich. But you don't even know how to balance a checking account. You see what I'm saying? It's people just doing stuff. Calling it faith, but it's really excited ignorance that's all it is you're just excited and ignorant you're not going to be that way over here so it's always going to come back to practical application and that's why i'll show you how to do it see if i'm telling you some stuff will work i'm going to show you how to do it and the way you do it is you got to bring your life into complete alignment with this word so one thing you cannot do is speak against this this is truth you cannot expect this truth to work for you if you're speaking against it. You see what I'm saying? If God says he hadn't given you a spirit of fear, then if you start speaking fear, uh-uh. You are, listen, you're not going to stop the power of the word, but you're just going to prevent it from working for you. You see what I'm saying? And so we don't bow to anything. Now go to the Revelation 5.12. This is our inheritance package. So we've got to see this. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now, let's go back to the beginning of this. So saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Who's that? Okay, he was slain. And it says, uh, so he was slain to receive power. How many of y'all believe Jesus had power before he was slain? So why would he have to be slain to get power? How many of y'all believe that Jesus had riches before he was slain? Come on, somebody. When he, they had the 5,000 and and, uh, the two fish and the five loaves, what did he do? 
He blessed, he broke it and blessed it. He told them, hey, feed them. And they had so much that there was leftovers. Y'all in here with me? Was that after he was slain or before he was slain? Oh, before he was slain. So it seemed like he already had power and he already had riches. And guess what? He already had wisdom. How many know he had great wisdom to where y'all remember the woman at the, the well? He told her, listen, the one that you would now ain't your husband. And you had five husbands before him. How do you know that? That's some heavenly wisdom. Wait, was that before he got slain or after? Okay. And what else did he have? Strength? Come on. I mean, uh, he, it seemed like he already had strength. Right? He had to have some strength to do the stuff he was doing. Preaching from town to town. Also, he had enough strength to where people be wearing him out and he still perform a miracle. Amen. You know what I'm saying? That takes some strength. Wherever you just got all these people wearing you down, but you still got enough strength to heal the sick. You know, then he goes up to the madman of Gadara who had legions of demons in him. I mean, you got to have some strength to cast out legions of demons. Amen. And, and the demons, they saw him come and say, oh no, what are you? So, why did he have to go to the cross if he already had that? Well, I've taught this and some of you guys are on point and you already know where I'm going with this. But he had this already, but he was slain to give it to us. Amen. Oh, come on. See that the reason he was slain was to give that to you Amen. so that now you also can have. Let's run it back and then we'll, re- we'll read it again. So so that you would have power. See, he was slain for you to have power. He was slain for you to have riches. He was slain for you to have wisdom. He was slain for you to have strength. Come on. He was slain for you to have honor. He was slain for you to have glory. He was slain for you to have blessings. You see what I'm saying? Oh, it's not just about I'm saved. Is that all? Half the people that say I'm saved and that's all, they leave it at that. They might not really even be saved. You see, we don't know. But I'm not trying to get in no debate with that because I want. Wait, did you say I get all Wait, home? Oh, wait, what? When is that? They said, well, OK, man, I, I want that. How many of y'all want that? How many of y'all want some riches? How many of y'all want some wisdom? You want some blessings? You want some power? How many of y'all want this type of stuff? So Jesus had this already. But now he had to be slain. Why? Because man violated. Basically, man, what man did through sin is he cut off his connection to the kingdom. And so by cutting off his connection to the kingdom, he prevented heaven from flowing into his life. Sin prevents heaven from flowing into your life. And so you cannot get heavenly resources, heavenly peace, heavenly healing. You cannot get what heaven has to offer if sin is breaking your connection. And so Jesus was slain so that he could be that bridge to where now, guess what? We be connected back to the flow. Come on. Come on. Look at your name. Say, I'm back in the flow now. Man, I'm back in the flow now. If I'm back in the flow, then I expect something. Now go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. 8 and 9 in the NLT. And so 
You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that by his poverty he could make, y'all in here with me, he could make you rich. So he was already rich, but because he wanted you to be able to benefit from it, he became poor, took on the weight of sin and death. Come on, how many know the weight of sin and death will break you down? It will make you poor. And so he came and took that on, brought to the lowest estate so that now by that poverty, he could make you rich. And he thought all I'm doing is going to heaven. That's why the church as a whole is running around here powerless. It's almost, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's funny, but it's, it used to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of what I expect. But now I'm, I'm starting to consider it to be kind of strange. I'm thinking like, man, these people don't speak life. They don't do this. This is not common. Like, to me, I'm thinking, why isn't this common? Like, you guys, you don't believe in power? I mean, I... And I, I'm I'm running into that more and more, and I just don't. I'm like, wow, the devil is really tricking people. But you know, I, I tell you, I tell you what, the is that the source of it or the core? It's people failing to obey. Yes. Amen. And so people fail to obey, so they stray away from power. Come on, how many know the kid that's doing wrong is quiet? They don't want to draw no attention. They not, but the one who's doing right, they all up in the parents' face. Hey, huh? I'm just checking. I'm just seeing because you know I did get all straight A's. I was just you know just want to let you know. But how come they ain't saying nothing when they get D's? They trying to check the mail. Y'all in here with me? They trying to check the mail. Say I just wanted man, just wanted that thing came yet because they don't want to draw attention to that. But when you're obeying God, you want to draw attention to it. You want to tell God, look at me. Look at your son. Look at what I'm doing. And then you got these weak Christians running around talking about, well, that's just a works doctrine. Oh, no, this is all about works, man. Uh, James tells us that faith without works is dead. And so if you thought you was going to get into this and never have to work again, somebody lied to you. Because even Jesus says, you shall know them by their fruit. And he says, Jesus says, I'm the tree or I'm the vine and you are the branches. And he that abides in me shall abide or shall produce much fruit. Amen. So that is just what we do. Amen. Is our works is not getting us somewhere. Our works is what we do from there. Y'all, y'all, did y'all get that? See, our works is not getting us somewhere. Our works is what we do from there. So Jesus is the one that got me there. And so now, since I'm there, this is what I do. And so the works that you see is because I'm where he put me. I'm not trying to work my way up into righteousness. No, I've been made righteous. And because he made me that way, I ain't got no other way to act. Huh? So now that affects your expectations. And so now it says... That, you know, as we were looking at this scripture, uh, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that he would make us rich. Well, you know, Jesus didn't die on the cross for you to stay sick. Hmm? 
Jesus didn't die on the cross for you to stay broke. Come on, somebody. Ah, oh, why you talking about you running around here broke and what? You, just think. Of, go watch the Passion of the Christ. You just take it. You're running around here broke. You got no money. You just depressed. You all this stuff. Go watch the Passion of the Christ. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? See what he paid for you. See what he paid for you. See the dear price he paid for you. And then when you go back and sit down and you want to mope and grope and bellyache and complain, go watch it again. And see the price he paid for your prosperity. See the price he paid for your freedom. See the price he, he paid too dear of a price for any of us to sit down defeated. Because if he didn't get up on the third day, we could stay down. But because he took all that whooping, he took all that uh, shame, he took all that stuff on him. And then he went to hell. And don't listen to these preachers that tell you he went to hell and the devil beat him up. And Are you kidding me? The devil can never beat up Jesus. The, de- the devil don't ever want to try to get in no fight with Jesus. And so he went to hell and whooped on the devil and give me all the keys. You can't bind nobody. Give me the keys to sickness. Come on. Give me the keys to poverty. Come on. Give me the keys to depression. Come on, somebody. You thinking that you got to go to the doctor and get medicated for depression. When Jesus says, I took the keys that had the power of depression. You can't be depressed because I got the keys. Anytime you want, that thing is unlocked. What the devil got you doing? Thinking that you're bound to something. Thinking that, come on somebody, I mess up in here preaching. He went and he took the keys to addiction. You don't have to go to no 12 steps to get free. Come on somebody. How many know I ain't got to get through no 12 steps if I got the keys? You can't bind me because I got the keys to get out. I shall never be defeated. Because my Jesus has defeated death. He has defeated anything that can come against me. It is powerless. That's why the word says no weapon. Y'all in here. No weapon. Man, I told you guys years ago that church, little church in the Philippines had the man that had that thing coming, that tornado coming at them. And they just got out there with their little selves and just got to speaking. And their church didn't even have no roof. They got to speaking to that storm and they commanded that thing to go somewhere else. And guess what it did? It went somewhere else. You got too much power in you to be worried about stuff. Don't be worried about one. I'm wondering if this is going to change. What's going to change for you is what's in your mouth. If you ain't speaking it, you ain't getting no change. Let me help you with this. The economy can get better and your money still go down. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. The economy can get better and your money can still go down. Or the economy can go down and your money go up. You see what I'm saying? And so I don't know about you, but my money's going up. Come on. Matter of fact, I do know about you because I'm your pastor. Your money's going up. Amen. I'm, I'm speaking your money going up right now in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking in decree and your money's going up because this church is going up. The money in this church is going up rapidly. 
I'm speaking it, man. I'm decreeing it. As a matter of fact, come on, somebody. Oh, uh, all you need to do. Y'all ready for this? Amen. All you need to do is meditate on your tithe increasing. Praise God. Don't you don't. That's all you got to listen. This is what I do. See, I don't I don't pray. Lord, bless them with a boatload of money just so they can have, a you know, a little whatever. And then uh, they'll give. They just want to give the church. You know, they just want to bless the church with some money. No, no, no. Bless them with increase. So they'll tithe. I'm not, I'm not asking God to, to, you know, you just like, well, pastor, I'm going to dig into all my savings and I'm just going to give it because I got a generous heart. No, I want you to be in a position where you'll tithe. Oh, come on. You understand the principle of the tithe? The church is supposed to, the members of the church are supposed to be so prosperous that the tithe alone how many? Oh man! I used to throw a hat when I said, "Man, man, I'm gonna throw my hat." How many? Imagine this: How many fundraisers and all this stuff you got to do? Let me just visualize this church. Let me see. I'm just saying. Let's just pick a any old number. Let's just say I had 100 millionaires. Oh, y'all not with me on this. 100 millionaires. So what's they tithe? You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all in here with me. Okay, think about this. You know, it's just 100. I mean, we're not saying that, you know. See, you, you got to learn to operate in where you're at. You know what I mean? And so if, if, if we got 100 millionaires in here, and, you know, but but I'm talking about kingdom millionaires. You know what I'm saying? Not, not. Playing with the tide, cause yeah, uh, uh, I'm a t- I'm, I'm with you, Pastor. But check your tithe record. How, I mean, have you have you been? You got? Can you give me? You know, two months. You've been good for two months yet? I told you, I'm not the hype man. I'm the one that says you gonna run up that mountain. You need to change those shoes, cause them little house shoes is gonna get your feet all cut up. So you can't you can't wear no house shoes up no mountain. Now, the other, some of the other people, they're going to hype you up. They're going to hype you up, man, and get you all excited to run up the mountain with the house shoes. They don't care. And guess what? When your feet's all bleeding and toes jacked up, they're not there. They're going to be talking about give it by faith. No, no. I, I want to build you up to where you're in position to where you said, I told you guys years ago, I said, meditate on your tithe going up. Oh, that's a lot different than saying, you know, we need you to give, Mar. Oh, Pastor, I ain't making more. Okay. Well, let's meditate on you making more. Amen. I don't need you to, you know, dig all into your savings and see. And then, you know why people don't, they, they, they don't have revelation of this. They're not teaching people to step up to another level of power. Because I know what I'm teaching is if you apply it, you start tithing faithfully, you start doing this stuff, you're going to get increased because it's covenant. And, and he said in the book, prove me. If I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. What if we just stop right there? Hold on. What is that? Huh? That's a little different than now. I'm not speaking against anything, but that's a little different than. uh, I mean, there's too much gambling going on in the church. No, I'm not talking about you going to the casino. I'm talking about you gambling with your seed who I sure need a I sure need a miracle. So I better peel off something. 
Who said that? The one that wants you to peel it off into their ministry. But if they teach you right, you say, I'm never in an emergency situation because I'm a tither. I just, huh? I, never, I don't ever have a 911 because I'm a tither. And so that means if I, God would have to be a liar for me to come up short. So I just, like, what does it mean when he says, let, let's put that up there. Malachi 3. I'm just under the anointing. I'm just going to preach this, man. Because people don't believe this stuff. They just want to get rich some other way. They want to get rich. You see, God operates on covenant, man. Amen. I'm going to tell you that right now. He operates on covenant. And nowhere else in the Bible. He don't tell you, give a big seed offering. Now, I, I believe in giving. Don't get me wrong. I, we sow seed. We know that. Because that's tithes and offering. We do that. But I, I'm going to tell you this right now about me. I'm not putting my stock in what I'm sowing. I'm putting my stock in my covenant. Come on. I'm, I'm putting my stock in my covenant. I ain't going to God and say, hey, you know, God, you know what I did. I gave to that ministry and I wanted to bless that ministry over there. So you know what you got to do. I don't do that with God. No, but I will say, oh, you know, uh, God, me and you in covenant on the tithe. And so you did say, prove me now herewith. Ah. Huh? So it says, bring all the tithes. What's that mean? So it ain't like, well, I came up short this month, so I ain't going to be able to tithe. Really? So you're just going to jack God. So that's basically what you're telling. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Ain't got your money today, God. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got your money today, but you know what? Hey, yeah, right? <laughs> right or no? <laughs> no, no. But you be talking to God, talking about, well, you, but you know my heart is right. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I wasn't expecting, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't expecting. I got this bill. And you know what I'm saying? I've got to be a man of my word. And have, you got to come to the place where you out on this water, water so far where if God don't keep you, you're going to drown. I'm out there like that. I'll just be out there and we'll just drown. If that's what it's going to be, let it be. Y'all in here with me. Y'all, y'all don't even know what kind of level of faith I'm walking on. I don't care what the money looks like at the end of the month for the church. First thing gone is the tithe. Amen. Oh, well, yeah, but, you know, we could, ain't no coming up short. If we come up short, then that's what it is. But uh, one thing we ain't about to be short in is the tithe. That is fully in your power. That is fully in your power. Anything that passes under the rod. The tenth is holy unto the Lord. Leviticus 27. Anything that passes under. So if it crosses your hands. Or touches your account. The tenth. Is holy. Unto the Lord. But my paycheck wasn't enough for my bills. What that got to do with my tenth. Oh, and I get these people, they don't they don't say, oh, I don't know if that's for today. And then guess what else ain't for today? Deuteronomy 28, quit quoting it because it ain't for you. You're not blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Don't be jumping on that, but you don't want to be on this tide. Amen? People try to claim God's blessings, but then say certain stuff. Oh, that's not for today. Okay. Well, the one I said that, Remember the Lord your God because it is he that gives you power to get wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18. 
That ain't for you either, because that ain't for today. <laughs> no, that stuff's for me, because I know it's for today. Because God is not the one. See, what he wants you to do is trust him enough to be obedient. He wants you to have reckless obedience. He wants you to be like, God, I'll stand here. And if you don't do it, I'll just stand here until I wake up in heaven. But I'm not taking no steps backwards. I'm not changing my stance. I will not compromise. It don't look like it's going my way, but guess what? I'm standing flat footed on the book and I shall not change. Y'all in here with me. And so he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, that if I will not open you up, Open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you shall not have room enough to receive. Stop right there. So if you got more than enough, then you could receive. Isn't that like a good place to start? But now what if somebody tells you and they come and say, hey, right now I got this anointing, man, for the for the thousand flow. You you know, I feel like uh, I feel the anointing is high. You need to cut a thousand dollars because if you do. And your money's going up. What if you say, oh, excuse me, sir, my money's already going up because I'm in this uh, Malachi 310. So I ain't got to cut you no thousand dollars. Now, if God tells me, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you something. But I ain't got to jump into your, come on, your wave and your excitement to get my prosperity because my prosperity ain't coming off emotions. My prosperity is coming off a covenant. My prosperity is coming off of what I do day in and day out, not at your conference. My prosperity ain't coming because of what I did at your conference. My prosperity is coming by what I do day in, day out. Mm. Y'all in here with me. That's why I'm prospering. But if you don't get this truth, you be jumping in. People be saying all kinds of stuff. All these gimmicks and me and my wife have seen our share. I remember one time we saw this thing. This man called it fate stew. I said, dang. We, we just want some prosperity so bad. We'd like taking notes on that. What's that, that fate stew? Oh, what, how do you make that? Ain't no fate stew. That's some stupidity. He's talking, about get your, he's talking about get your stuff, man, the stuff that you want God to do. Get it and write it down and put on some papers and put it in a bowl. And, and th- that should have been enough for me to turn the TV off. But where God's people miss it is simple obedience. What God has told me is show them how to do it. And so as a result, our percentage of tithers in this church is very, very high. And, And but it's not just we barely make it. People over here be getting money from everywhere. I mean, I come on, man. Y'all know I ain't making this stuff up. We're getting big money coming in and big amounts and just stuff like that. And then it's just, you know, regular income. Come on. You was over here. If you're over here and you're locking into what I'm teaching, you've been to tell me, man, I'm making more. I remember when I was over here. Now, it just is what it is. That's just what happens. Because it's about principles and it's not about gimmicks. But guess what? Gimmicks sound better. 
Because you know what gimmicks, you know what they don't do at those conferences? You know what they don't do? They don't tell you you got to obey. They don't do that, huh? They don't tell you you're jacking up your stuff because you got rebellion in your heart. They don't tell you you're messing up your money because uh, you're not honoring your wife or you're not honoring your husband. They don't say that type of stuff. See what I'm saying? Now, we can have it all, but we're going to have it God's way. And if you are consistent with God, he will be consistent with you. And you will never go backwards. You will always see God pulling you through. And so if I'm talking about, man, this covenant is so amazing. I even heard people teach. uh, They try to diminish the tithe and say that, you know, and I probably might have fell victim to that, too. But where the tithe just puts you at ground zero. But really, there's no ground zero with God. Because you can't dispute. Prove me and I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you shall not have room enough to uh, receive it. Now, uh, last thing on the tithe, this is a heart issue. But if you just say, forget it, this is reckless obedience to me, there is no question. Like in my house, ain't no question. We are, my wife, we already, that's how we roll. We don't, ain't no question. Uh, in the church, no question. Tithe, yep. No matter what. Yeah, but we need what well, we still need it, but we're going to tithe. And, and guess what's going to bring the money for it? The tithe. See, the tithe will have money coming to you. The tithe will have money coming to you. And you know what's awesome about this? I, I must maybe maybe this is. Oh, you know why God has me saying this? I, OK, now I know. I forgot I said something about your money's going up. Didn't I say that? Uh, See, he never lets me say stuff without backing it up with what you got to do. So your attitude with the tithe has to be, it's a non-negotiable. It's got to be like that. If it's it's a negotiable, you're not ready to prosper. But it's got to be a non-negotiable. It's got to be like like habitual, right? Right. How many of y'all remember when you were a kid, you know, like taking a shower was... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not really like some you, you know, you know what I'm saying? You didn't look, you're like, man, I'm kind of good without a shower today. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm cool. But then as an adult, it became a non-negotiable. Like, what if you, you, you go to, t- to your spouse and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just really not feeling the whole shower thing. I mean, I, you know, man, I mean, after all, I took one Monday. I know it's Wednesday, but, you know, I'm just, see, I'm just not really, that's a non-negotiable. Amen? You, you know, like brushing your teeth. Anybody up in here? Uh, see, some, when you kids, come on, somebody. When you kids, your kids don't have no, they're not a revelation. So they get up, man, breath just on hum, right? And they just get, they're going to get up and run up in there. Get all over you, just breathing all in your face. But when you become an adult, huh? I remember my mom, she used to tell me, did you brush your teeth? (laughs) Right? But these are things that are non-negotiables. It just you do it without thinking. Well, I'm telling you, in the midst of a chaotic world, in the midst of uncertainty, you need to do some things 
without question. Like, don't even give yourself time to ponder. If you are pondering, you're already in trouble. You're already in trouble. Amen. And so tithing is one of those. All right. So that's just an extra little money piece because I know we got money coming. So listen, don't say I'm going to tithe when I get the money. No, tithe with what you got. And then that's going to cause the money to come in. Amen. You're never going to uh, start tithing when you get more money. No, you're going to tithe where you are. Honor God where you are. And then he opens you up to what he has. And so I have to say this because he's got abundance. I'm telling you, y'all, I'm saying man, we he's got abundance coming, man. He's going to have people giving us money that we don't know. Amen. Yes. Are y'all ready for that? Amen. Are you ready for somebody to give you money that you don't know? Amen. Are you ready to, for somebody to just give you money that has not seen you in years? I, I, me and my wife, we've experienced this, man. People just get a check in the mail like, yeah, this is, wow. Right. Because there's a magnetic power Amen. that comes. And so the enemy wants to try to make you think about what you can afford to do. That's not what kings do. Amen. That's not what priests do. That's not what people do that have revelation. And so Jesus didn't down the cross for us to stay in these low places. Amen. Come on. Look at your name and say, I ain't sick because Jesus died already. Come on. Look at your name and say, I could never be broke because Jesus already paid for that. You see what I'm saying? Uh, we up in here reigning as kings. Go to Romans 5.17. Romans 5.17. So this is what I'm just giving you truth, man. For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reign through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace. Stop right there. Overflowing grace. I said we don't work to get nowhere, but our works are coming from where we are. You see what I'm saying? I didn't work to become righteous, but because he made me righteous, that's why you see righteous things coming from my life. Amen. But this is through the grace of God because I didn't deserve this. None of us deserved it, but he gave it to us anyway. And so for those of us that receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor and the free gift. Y'all in here with me. Amen. Pastor, I'm trying to do right. Why are you trying so hard when it's a free gift? Huh? Well, I'm just trying to get better. at Why you keep trying? I've been telling y'all for years, quit trying. Get out of God's way. Do stuff like I did. God, if if, (laughs) you already know me. So if I'm going to change, it's going to have to be you. Amen. 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 And so he says, and the free gift of righteousness, what does that do? Is putting them in right standing with himself. Now, those that this has happened to, What shall we do? Reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And so he's basically saying, if all these people were following uh, the the, the aftermath of Adam's sin, surely, y'all in here with me, surely they ought to pay attention to what Jesus did. But what do you have going on in our church today? It's easier for people to identify with the fallen man than the risen man. 
It's easier for people to identify with the fallen man than the risen man. Christians are quick to say we are all sinners. We all make mistakes. We are not perfect. But how many are walking around saying, I'm a king? Oh, come on. How many in your Christian circle do you know that are walking around talking about, I'm a king? I've been redeemed to dominate. Come on, how many that you know and you've been around them and they talking that talk? But you got a lot of them saying, oh, well, you know, we all make mistakes. How many know that's old news? We need to have some people walking around saying, no, I'm a king. Amen. I've been redeemed to dominate. I expect to win at everything I do. Come on, somebody. I'm prospering. Man, my body don't even tell me how I feel. I tell my body how we're going to feel today. I tell my body what kind of day we're going to have. My body don't tell me what kind of day. Oh, I can't get up because my back is so. Well, you should have put that back in check already, man. Come on. Get a revelation that you got great power. That's, that's strange. Why The Bible says we are peculiar, man. We are peculiar people. And so you cannot rise to the mountaintop if you keep walking around with a valley mentality. Amen. That's what's going on in the church. Uh, always low, doubtful, not able to see the good. Come on, y'all been there? I'm just feeling like I'll just. This ain't got nothing to do with your feelings. The Bible never said that God never said I wrote that. And if you feel like applying it, it's going to work for you. You got to tell yourself. How many of y'all ready to do this stuff? Are you, you in here where you're going to tell yourself how you feel? Amen. Oh, see. Yeah. Pastor, you just don't have enough sympathy. There's other pastors anointed for that. It just ain't me. Amen. I'm anointed to get you up out of that mess. I'm anointed to get you up out of that thing where in two weeks you're going to be walking so high that you forgot the drama you was dealing with two weeks ago. Come on, somebody. You're going to walk with another level of power that the devil ain't going to want to keep messing with you because he realizes something has changed with you. Amen. Amen. And so you got to see yourself through the lens of the blood. You got to see yourself through the lens of the blood. You got to know the blood was shed already for me. And I'm not about to bow down to nothing. I'm not about to look at myself like I'm a failure or I can't do this. Or I'm not about to feel sorry for myself because I got something going on and I'm just not feeling it. Man, you better kick yourself in your own butt and get up and speak something and ask God, what is the plan you have for my life? You didn't put me here to fail. You didn't leave me in the earth so I would go down. You put me in here to change the trajectory of my family. We are here to change things for generations. It don't matter how I was raised. It matters how I'm raising my kids and what am I putting in front of them, giving them something to strive for. This is us. This is what we have. And so we don't have to be in the shadows of our past. Yeah, we've all made mistakes, but guess what? He paid the price. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. 11 to 14, but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. Next verse, neither by the blood of goats 
and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And so he entered in and paid the price and obtained eternal redemption for me. Amen. Is that the last one on that? Okay, uh, now 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ... Uh, so it, what it said, I skipped 13, but what it said in 13 is if the sprinkling of a heifer and all that... Matter of fact, just back up. Yeah, there you go. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctify the purifying of the flesh. Now, if that ceremonial things work, how much more shall the blood of Jesus or the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge, look at this, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. I mean, if they sacrifice animals, how much more valuable is Jesus? How much more valuable is his body, is his blood? If you understand that I've been cleaned up, so guess what? My conscience is purged Amen. from dead works. So I don't do dead things because I don't think of those things anymore. Amen. Because I don't even expect that from myself. Come on, how many of y'all expect yourself to fail? And you already see yourself in there begging God for repentance. You need to see yourself in a different way. You need to see yourself. I'm not about to go up in there and make those mistakes. And if you have made mistakes... Don't be living in those. Go to Hebrews uh, 10, 10, 14. Nobody else is giving you this on this day, so I got to give it to you. Hebrews 10, 14. So for by one offering, he hath perfected. Wait, we're not perfect. What does this say? For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Next verse. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that, he said before, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Is that it? And so if he says their sins and inequities, I'll remember no more. What does this mean? He doesn't see us in the shadows of our past. You know, our past has nothing to do with our potential. Huh? Our past has nothing to do with our potential. Our potential is connected to our purpose, which was predetermined by God before we were put into the earth. So what if... I decided that I'm not going to look at myself in the shadows of my past. Maybe I made this mistake or that mistake before, but now I've been redeemed by the blood. And so I don't make those same mistakes. Matter of fact, my expectations have changed because I've been redeemed by the blood. And my potential is connected to my purpose, which once again was predetermined before I was put in this earth. Jeremiah 1, 5, he says, before I put you in uh, your mama's womb. I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nations. This is what he says. And he says, uh, <clears throat> Romans 8.29, just go there. Romans 8.29, Amplify Classic. We are predestined for all of this stuff. And so I had to give you this message today so that you lock into what God has already done for you. Don't try to uh, 
wait until something changes. You need to lock into this because this is already done. And so basically he says, for those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning, foreordaining them to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. And so it says to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness. Do you understand we are created to be just like Jesus in this world? Is that too pressuring? What if you found out that demons, when they saw you, they saw Jesus? Now, if a Christian told you that, you might not believe him. But if a demon said, hey, I just wanted to whisper to you real quick. The reason that we ain't been bothering you that much <laughs> is because when we see you from a distance, you look just like Jesus. Pew! Amen. You say, what, me? Oh, is that what they see when they see me? And we are created to be just like Jesus. Let's close. We open up with this, but let's close with it. First John four seventeen. So he says, uh, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so y'all in here with me. As he is, so are we here in this world. And so we need to understand that we can walk around this earth and be just like Jesus and have the same kind of power, the same kind of authority. I'm telling you what's going to happen when the whole church is walking around in the power of God. When the whole church is walking around with authority. Come on. I mean, I just said, I gave you that example earlier. I said, what if we got 100 millionaires in here? Well, how many fundraisers we going to need to do? Huh? Y'all think I need to raise some money if I got 100 millionaires? Because just on the tithe alone, we're going to have an abundance and an overflow. But then, you know what? God might, he might just, you know, see, it's good to give. But listen, I got to close. But you don't give trying to get something. That's the wrong motive to your giving. You give out of obedience. See, I don't give money to something because I need something back. No, no. That's what my tithe is for. Y'all in here. See, this might not be what everybody's going to preach, but I'm going to preach it. Oh, okay. You know why I'm preaching this? Because I already tried the other way. Oh, let me just do it and tell on myself. I've been in some meetings and I say, oh, me and my wife talking. She man, oh, we better do it. Man, what you don't care? Let's write it out. And we wrote it out. We said, man, there's a thousand fold anointing. We caught that. Oh, that's going to be good when that comes in. That didn't come in. I still ain't got it. So what does that make me think? Maybe that doesn't work. 
And then somebody going to tell you, it didn't work for you because you had no faith. No, it didn't work because it ain't the word. It? The word didn't tell me that if I give this much, I'm guaranteed to get that much back. But what the word does tell me, if I bring the tithe, then I can prove God that if he won't open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing that I don't have enough to receive. You know why people preach on this uh, hyper giving and stuff like that because the tithes from the people ain't enough. Why? Because the people ain't making enough money. But if the people start making more money, come on. See, I'm in this for your income to go up. Not just the money you can give because guess what? If your income goes up, if you start making three times as much as you was making last year and you start, how many know you going to benefit way more than we do Because you're just giving a tenth to the church. But you enjoy, oh, come on, somebody. You enjoy, oh. But then what are they going to say? Well, you're just preaching that tithe because you want the money. Well, if I want the money, why don't I just preach on offerings too? If I want the money, why don't I say, you better sow a sacrifice seed. Now, I know you gave your tithe already, but hey, man, we need you to come off more money. Y'all hear me saying that over here? Because if we ain't got the money for it, we don't have enough tithers. So if we don't have enough tithers, we don't need to do it. Huh? If I ain't got, and we ain't got enough money to pay the rent, we ain't got enough tithers. Well, if God ain't going to give us enough tithers, we don't need to have a building. Oh, Pastor, no, why don't you just spark off a give-a-thon? <laughs> well, we haven't we having a give-a-thon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're not going to do that. Your money's going up. And so the church's money's going up too because you're a faithful tither. And so when your income triples, guess what? So did your tithe. And so what are we doing? Doing quite well. Amen. And then how I many know you got a lot of happy people in the parking lot when everybody got money? Amen. Everybody happy in that parking lot when they got everybody got money. Everybody, but you know when they but people giving everybody giving sacrifice seed. Everybody's just kind of like you know man, seems like you all right. Now and out in the parking lot with attitude because they've been passing and talked them into giving that money. And you, and you say, oh, I shouldn't have gave that thousand dollars. Oh, no. If you're regretting it by the time you walk out, you didn't obey God. Right. You gave under compulsion. You guys are ready to go. But why do you think I'm saying this? This stuff is happening right now. Right. So there are no gimmicks for you to get rich. Right. So don't waste your time with that. You just... Say, Lord, I want my tithe to go up. No, you will be generous. You will give. You will give to ministries. You'll feed the homeless. You'll do all kind of stuff. But you're not doing that because you're trying to get something back. You know what I'm saying? That's like blessing a homeless man and saying, Lord, you saw that. I need my increase. No. You're just doing that because that's what you do. Because you've got a giving heart. But now you expect return on your tithe. Now, if you're giving your tithe and you're not expecting return, I'm telling you, start going to God. This is the one area where you can go to God. Excuse me, Lord. 
just up in here. Uh, I, you know, I know you already know, but I was just, you know, I just decided to come to you because, uh, yeah, I noticed my tithe, you know. And guess what God will do? I'm glad you noticed. I noticed, too. So get ready for more. Because it's coming. Amen. Y'all believe it? Go ahead and clap for the Lord today. Amen. Okay. I said it. I'm going to say it a third time. Your money's going up. Listen, listen. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, you, you, I'm, I'm giving you that warning. I start speaking this stuff. The enemy's going to try to shake you and see what you really believe. But as your man of God, I'm telling you, your money's going up. Come on. Your money's going up. Come on. The devil can't stop you. The, the, the heavenly increase has already started. Your money's going up. I, I, I speak in the creed. Your health is going up. Come on. See, I spoke that last week. What happened? The enemy tried to hit you with sickness. He tried to hit you with sickness through this week. Well, listen, you got to understand we're in a war. If I know I'm in a war, then guess what? I know somebody trying to shoot at me. And so I'm going to be ready. And so once again, your health is going up. Come on, somebody. I, I decree and declare that your body is obeying the word of God. And so healing is starting to manifest in your life right now. I speak and decree that your peace is going up. Come on. Some of y'all, it might have started raining out there. And so you start saying, oh, I, I sure hope Pastor was right. Because I <laughs> seem like the wind is picking up. I don't see no wind, but I do see some rain. That's okay. Remember I told you, you can look at it a different way. Shoot, that's anointing flowing down. Rain is the sign of increase. So that means God is about to saturate this valley with increase and abundance. He's about to saturate my life with increase and abundance. See, it's the way you look at it. Amen. And so don't allow anything to move you from the promises of God. Your money's going up. Your health is going up. Your peace is going up. Come on, somebody. Your expectations are going to... Matter of fact, I I speak that right now prophetically. Your expectations are starting to change because your self-image is changing. And so now you're going to start to see yourself. See, before you saw yourself as inadequate. Come on, somebody. Before you saw yourself as not good enough. Before you saw yourself as not worthy. But now you're going to see yourself as a king and a priest in the earth. You're going to see yourself as someone who has been chosen by God to prosper in the earth. You're going to see yourself as someone who is worthy of God's best. Huh? So you're going to look at yourself in a different way. So now what's going to happen? You're going to expect things that you didn't expect before. Amen. Praise God. Stand on your feet. Yes, Lord. We do thank you and we praise you for your power is the greatest power this world has ever known. We believe. Maybe you're watching us right now and and you've stayed the course. You've heard this whole message. We've been preaching this for a while, but you, for some reason, stayed there and listened to the whole thing. But we want you to know God loves you and he's got a great plan of victory for your life. But it's going to start with you releasing yourself. Let yourself go. And give God full control. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus. please forgive me me. for all of my sins. sins. I commit my life life into your hands. hands. This day, day, I am saved. saved. 
do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen.